Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life, back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Annie, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help, help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Hi, everyone. It's Jordan. Um... I'm here with my personal podcast, uh, I don't know, I guess personal episode, Annie's and Justin uh, share their thoughts about their lives this year, and I think that was the second episode everyone did, this is my second. Um, there's a lot going on in life, and uh, my thoughts are just bouncing in all directions. And so I am asking my friend Renee to sit down here with me and ask me a couple questions, things that maybe she always wanted to know about me, uh, to get through this podcast and maybe mind, mind the depths of my mind <laughs> to <laughs> figure out maybe exactly what I believe or what I hear or what, you know, what I feel. Um, yeah, so uh, here's Renee. She'll be asking me some questions. And uh, we'll see how this goes. We will see how it goes. Hey there. So, yes, a lot's going on. A lot's been going on. A lot of changes in the last year and a half. And especially this year since starting the podcast. Um, <clears throat> since your last interview, how how would you just kind of on a broad scope, how would you say things are coming along at the homestead? It, it's always a challenge to transition your life and I mean on a personal scale transitioning yourself personally is you know difficulty uh, doing a business a project an entire I'm not quite sure exactly how to describe it but transitioning the homestead into, um, I don't know, the future is, it's a lot of stress, a lot of, you know, call it mental gymnastics, a lot of spinning, a lot of plates, figuring things out. Um, the problem is, it's not the lack of idea, it's because of the family we've always been, is we have too many ideas. 
I mean, I could just sit here and come up with like, you know, a lot of things that I can want to do and I want to do for the homestead and I want to do personally. And I was recently asked because of, it was mentioned in a podcast, I lost this tech job I had and, and I was recently asked, you know, is that what you want to do? And I said, no. And they're like, what do you want to do? And I, I said, work with animals, work with plants. Oh, and also be this art person. And, and I want to write. And oh, by the way, and I can also do this. And I think it'd be really nice to shoot a documentary. But then also I want to set up this, you know, water project in Africa. And then, you know, and they're just like looking at me. And it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I never really had this career of direction. I've had a bazillion ideas. And I guess also the homestead's got the same option. You can, you know, make it an urban farm or you can expand it into... You could be a personal family urban farm, or you can expand it into something that could be even greater than what it is now. And I have a lot of dreams, and a lot of dreams involve a lot of people and a lot of finances. And uh, sometimes I wonder if I have this crazy pipe dream, you know, and hoping for something, so... or it's good to work toward it, you know, it's kind of, there's that balance of, like, I really want to do this, and then, can it happen, and then are you going to spend your life kind of beating your head against this brick wall, and wanting it your way, when you have to be a little bit more open to what the universe, you know, what path the universe opens up, and it's, uh, it's been a challenge of faith, and a lesson in patience, and I, people tell me, oh, you need to be patient, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know that, but also, I got patience down pat, <laughs> I can be very patient, I'm just letting, I'm letting some pain, and I'm letting grief, and I'm letting a lot of stuff propel me into impatience to make action, I don't know if it's the right I don't know if it's right, and I don't know if it's healthy, but I can be very patient. I can find joy in a lot of things, and, and just kind of like carve out my little niche, and find things that make me happy, um, but also I'm kind of pushing a little bit on dreams, I guess, as well. So it sounds that uh, like you're... A lot like your dad, possibly. Yeah, that's... that's With dreams <laughs> and ideas. And yeah, but sometimes, <clears throat> you know, it does cross my mind. And I, I don't... Wow, I don't even remember who I had this conversation with. But... In, you know, losing dad and... He shared with me a lot of his... Uh, his, I would not, I, wild plans sounds kind of like, oh, wild plans, like, you know, he had these off-the-wall things. No, he had amazing plans and ideas. And he would talk to me about them. And, you know, up to the day he died, like the day before, he told me some stuff. And, and I remember, you know, just in the numb state of shock of, you know, this isn't real, what the hell is going on. The one word kept turning around in my head is, how can you die with all those dreams still inside? And then I lost another dear friend with music and dreams that stuck inside him. 
and you know what these people had and and sometimes fear kept them from pursuing things and I'm not saying my dad had fear but he often like had so many ideas that he didn't you know maybe pursue one and or there was like you know he he we, <laughs> I'm, I'm my dad's daughter I overthink things so knowing the similarities we have I don't want to die with some of those dreams inside and you know at least I want to speak them out and share them and if they don't happen it's you know accepting that they didn't happen but also not hiding them in a way and uh, this musician friend of mine he would sing a song and I I'd say that's a great song why don't you put it out oh it's not good enough or I don't want to share it because you know this and this and this and I'm like if you don't put it out there you know it's just it dies with you um, yeah I mean I, I've been told many times you like your dad and you know you can learn from those who came before you and uh, my dad was a huge influence and uh, I think the greatest compliment I take to heart is people who knew my dad when he was younger in his 30s and 20s and 30s and early 40s. They're like, you're, you're like your dad at this age. And then, you know, I can take that and, you know, make it as I will, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of hard to actually explain exactly. Well, as you know, I, I knew your dad, and we had many long yeah. conversations, and um, in them, I mean, he brought all, all of you guys up, but mm -hmm. you came up a lot um, as far as, like, his visions go, and um, with that, I think you were aware of that, obviously, you just said he was sharing stuff with you the, ba the day before he died, um, mm -hmm. that... Um, do you feel a, an extra sense of responsibility to see his vision through? I I do in some ways. Um, he had so many ideas and he had so many visions. It's like not I don't have like one vision to carry to completion. Um, but. I do feel a responsibility. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna live his life for him, um, because that would not be very healthy for me. You know, it's very easy for me to, to get into that. Um, but I, I would say, just the spirit of what he fully intended to do. And the spirit, the core spirit of why he did what he did, that's the responsibility I want to carry forward. Um, because there is a ton of ideas and a ton of visions, but every time I do things, I kind of think about the spirit. What, what am I doing this for? Is it the spirit of making a difference? Is it the spirit of this, you know? And um, I do feel a little bit lost on my personal journey sometimes I 
you, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, discover, you know, what do I feel and what I think, but also, you know, couple it with, you know, the spirit of good, I guess. I, you know, I do feel, yeah, I mean, to answer your question in short, yeah, I feel responsibility and in, in carrying on, on some of the stuff. Um, but also try to do it in a more balanced way, maybe. Which kind of leads me to my next question. <laughs> you obviously had years of experience with your dad and his insight and his vision. Mm -hmm. um, you're obviously a different person with a different perspective. Um, do you feel, have you noticed that you have um, revisions or changes that can be made a, a different perspective or conclusions based off of your own insight and experience to further that initial vision? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I have seen... Um, my dad was a visionary, and he was a revolutionary, and as a result, it put him in the path of <laughs> a lot of people not understanding him, and I, I would say I grew up kind of an activist, like, always, you know, my dad was like, development in the neighborhood, he didn't want to take that, and he's like, put out these flyers, and and so it's always been like, I don't know, like we've been always like the center of, I wouldn't say controversy, but like people, you know, having opinions about what we're doing. And dad always forged his own path. He's always blazed his own way and really created a difference. And I, I admire him for that. And he was driven and passionate and as with a lot of people who are driven they sometimes can you know get like maybe not take care of themselves as much you know and and, and so I would often you know try to remind dad to like you know you know it's not selfish taking care of yourself you know you gotta you know, restore your spirit and do what you need to do. And but he's like, but I got to do this for this person. I got to do this for this person. And it was great, but also I think he needed to think about himself a little more. Um, I know it's a little hard to describe, um, but so I guess my my revisions would be, you know, ultimately what is good for I can only give out to people if I have something to give and so I try to take efforts and steps throughout my life and throughout my day to nurture the spirit inside me that allows me to be more of service to others um, if I give a lot to other people then I just feel drained and then maybe even resentful or something there's something that kind of imbalances in me so by replenishing my soul and my spirit 
I can dump it out onto others. So I can't just keep dumping it out without replenishing myself. And so I often find it in nature. I find it in the deserts of Joshua trees, just this soaking in, you know, the restorative spirit of of what nature gives me. Well, thanks for asking my uh, answering my next question is like how do you rejuvenate and um, is there a process to that to to get to get grounded and find a place of peace and joy mm -hmm. to where you can rejuvenate and then be productive. I've always been a child that was fascinated with the sky. So for me an open sky can mean like I can just sit like oh wow and I can just feel that so seeing a sunrise seeing a sunset and stars and the Milky Way and watching the moon rise that has an effect on me that I, I find it really hard to explain but I've always known since I was a kid that I was tied to the sky in some way um, I would sit up on the garage of the homestead when it was an empty lot behind the house and watch the sun, watch the sun go down. And that meant a lot to me, And but then as the city built up around me, I did remember, you know, feeling that I couldn't see the sunsets anymore from my backyard. Um, so I do try to, you know, pause and look at the sky and... and it means, it means a lot to me on that way. And then also just... Being aware of yourself um, helps rejuvenate things. Uh, being aware that who who you are, what do you feel? Um, you know, for me, animals have always been that as well. You know, just uh, the other day, I was driving somewhere and out and there was this road and just seeing this vulture sitting on the side of the road picking the carcass of an animal apart. I mean, that doesn't sound really, like, great, but you're just like, I just stopped the car, and I backed up, and I was like, wow, look at this amazing creature that, you know, with my little Wikipedia brain was like, oh, wow, yeah, look, it's cleaning up the environment, and it's digesting this so that, you know, there's no botulism that's, you know, spreads throughout, you know, it's just the, the way nature, when it's allowed to be, takes care of itself to me that's just you know something that just gives me joy and it rejuvenates and it lets me know that hey everything's you know if you let nature be everything's gonna be okay everything's gonna be okay and quieting my mind that way because there's a lot of chatter in there like oh I should do this and this and I just have to sit and quiet and you know I'll just watch a bird and it's like watching it and it's a little one soul focused life, you know, it it means, you know, you just look at it and it's like, wow, that's so simple. It just has this little focus and it's so amazing and it's so happy. And then I can quiet my mind that way and that kind of helps me rejuvenate the chatter of, you know, grief and should have, would have, could have, and what I could have done and this and that and that. And, you know, I have to, I have to still the chatter in my mind and then also writing it out sometimes, you, you know, it helps me. Um, 
stop the, the cycle of ideas that <laughs> keep swirling around and what I can do and what I should do and the list of things that I the task and, and, you know, oh yeah, I would like to do that. And I have to step back every once in a while. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, there's seems to be, especially these days, a, a lot of people with a lot of chatter and mm -hmm. a lot going on. And um, well, yeah, I mean, you, you got it your own self inside, and then the media and the internet throws it at your head. So, so I do not spend a, I do a lot of work on the computer, but I do not spend a whole lot of time on the internet. <laughs> like. I don't, I mean, I'm aware of what's going on in the news, but I can't do this right now. I can't just, like, do the news bit. It's just like, yeah, I know what's going on, but okay. <laughs> you know, I'm getting just too much chatter right now. I got to do me, you know? Yeah. Um, so what, uh, let's see. I'm going to hop back to the family mm -hmm. um, and the homestead. Right? This has pretty much been your whole entire life. And um, now, obviously, um, the last year and a half, it's kind of been almost a starting over point. And um, how do you guys, as a family, working together, working a business together, work through things and work through differences? And... You know. We yell and scream at each other, and then we slam a couple of doors, and then we get over it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't disagreements, then it would be fake. Um, I mean, family. Family is always going to be, like, the pettiest things. It's like, really? We're just, like, sniping over this? Um, and... There was the additional stress of having to navigate the urban homestead into the future. So that does kind of put a little bit of extra pressure on all of us. Um, the extra pressure we all feel is we have each stepped into the role of our father. And we're carrying on his role, but we're also carrying on the roles that we had before, which is we did all this work. And then dad did this work, and now he's no longer here, so we are stepping into his role, which is, you know, the owner of the urban homestead. And we have to make these, you know, not that we didn't make the decisions, because we made a heck of a lot of decisions, but... Steering the ship. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I mean, I would say I was pretty happy to, you know, when media came over, just like, hey, dad, go talk to him, I'll handle all this stuff. And... There's no one to do that for me because like sometimes the media would come over and it's like I don't really know who I'm talking to because I would collect all this stuff for dad. I was like his secretary. I would say he was, you know, he was like the little fact sheet about who you're talking to and here's who they are. And then I think one time a media came and I think I just came in from somewhere doing something work somewhere else. I just got out of the car and then I'm thrown in front of the camera and I'm like, I really don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> um... And, and then you look around, you realize, wow, you know, I don't have a me to do, I don't have a me to help me with, as I had helped dad. And we're stepping into his role, but we're not, we don't have, you know, we still have our old roles. And how can you do it all? Um, 
So how we handle disagreements, we, we really have the same common goal. If you actually sit Annie's and Justin and me down, we'd have the spirit of the goal. How we're going to get there, sometimes it gets a little confusing because there's a lot of options. And, um, but where we want to take the urban homestead, it, it's almost like a uniform idea in different directions. And the beauty of the urban homestead is, again, I'll go back to the spirit of the urban homestead. It can do so much, and you just have to keep the spirit of why it was started and what it was intended to do. Um, so, for instance, each of us can take a different path in the urban homestead, where our passions and our goals lie, but it's still the spirit. We, ha we share the same spirit. We share the same goals. We share the same, same vision of why we're doing this. And that helps because you don't have to walk in lockstep with your siblings. You don't have to say, oh, this is what we're doing and we all do this. It's, hey, I have this idea. I want to do this and you can do it. But it's, it's a whole. It's like we're all individuals. Um, I think there's a, I think, uh, I can't remember who said it, but it was like the strength of the wolf is in the pack and the strength of the pack is in the wolf. And so we kind of kind of have like a pack mentality, but we're all individual wolves. You know, I have this passion to do certain things, and a lot of my goals and my visions are kind of a little different than my siblings because I'm a little bit more of the animal, artistic, you know, wanting to do this, you know, do-gooder kind of stuff. And Justin likes planting his plants, but together, you know, we can, we can do great things. Um, so recognizing that in each other, that we... We have the same goal and we have the same vision. In the, in the midst of disagreements, I would say, you know, we, we're each other's biggest fans and it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, we can have, we can have those disagreements and, and, but when it comes down to it, it's like things need to get done, okay? So we got to pack these phone boxes and, and the petty stuff just goes away. Um, so, I mean, the vision of the urban homestead is pretty much, like, I think we share it pretty well. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not to say, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not easy. You, ha uh, you have to practice listening and you have to get out of your head and listen to why these decisions are being made and why this person, you know, wants to make these decisions. And you listen and then recognize from your siblings and recognize within yourself that, that you do share the same spirit. And then that way you can walk through a lot of issues. Um, but it, it's just been a little bit more harder decisions to make after Dad died was because... Part of the part of the long um, the staying power of the urban homestead is that you do. We found out if you actually sit down. We were actually talking about this with some other person. Was 
we have found out that we probably revised the urban homestead every five years. Revised the goal, revised the, revised the vision. Not, oh, not the vision. We revised maybe the focus a bit. The, the homestead has re, re generated itself pretty much every five years. It's like you can't just sit there in one business plan and go, this is our business plan, this is where we're staying, because you have to adjust with the economy behind, around you, you have to adjust with the times. So it's happened with us like pretty much every five years. I can, one day, I, you know, there was the idea of a book was, uh, you know, the staying power of an urban homestead, how to make it stay. Well, we had to sit down and plot a course for it pretty much every five years and this is probably the beginning of the of a five year for us and it's kind of like what's the course we're taking now um so I've been doing I have been doing a lot of talking with uh people who have you know plotted out business plans or plotted out um a focus like a, a you know like a Q1, Q2, Q3 kind of quarterly spreadsheet. You know, these are the goals for these these quarters and, you know, keep it simple and don't freak out and don't like, ah, we got to get through all this at one time. It's just like the small steps. And if you do these small steps, you know, it, I have no doubt we will, we will, we will make it through. And uh, it's, <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't want to be Pollyanna when I say this, but things have always worked out, and I tell myself that you'll be okay. You'll work out. You just gotta let, gotta let the universe fall as it will, and not sit there and hold on to your little piece and shake it and go, "Why isn't this working?" It's just like, okay, I want this, but okay, let me keep my eyes open. What's going on around me? That kind of thing. So you would say. Um, Communication is and and being able to listen is yeah. kind of a key factor to have positive results. Yeah, yeah, it's you know get out of your head for a little bit and just listen and listen and communicate very clearly um, and having to recognize the commonality, the common ground, the kindred spirit that you share. And it's so easy to be triggered. I'm queen of being triggered. <laughs> I will be the first to admit that I can be very, very easily triggered. Um, but I'm in a more of a practice now of just like, okay, so what exactly is this person saying? And, you know, what is the spirit behind it? And what is the spirit in this person? And, and go from there. So, yeah, that's, it's a... When you got like three completely, no, not completely, three individuals with hopes, dreams, and fears running something, you have to focus on what you do share. And that's pretty strong in each of us. That, I would, you know, say this, that spirit of dad is very, very strong in each of us. And we have to just like, you have to focus back on the reasons for the homestead and why the homestead and the spirit of the homestead. And once you focus on that and rest in that, then decisions can become a little bit more easy to hear and a little easier to communicate. Good. Um, 
homesteading in general, uh, obviously you talked about you you had to kind of you have like these five year itch. <laughs> Something we're forced, forced to change. Yeah. Forced to change. What would you say have you noticed about homesteading? It, you could speak in general, or mm. with you guys, um, like more recent years. Like mm -hmm. what is changing with that field? That's what you want to call it. What's changing? I I can't speak for all of farming, even though uh, evidence and article after article have said that California weather has cha been changing. That we may not be able to grow fruits, fruit, you know, stone fruits in this area. Um, so having to adjust to that. Um, my sister told me right before. Um, recording this podcast, she says, you know, Bella, it, Bella, one of our chickens, is molting. And I just went, why is she molting in June? So why why would a chicken molt in June? I, I haven't seen my chickens molt in June. They usually molt, you know, before Thanksgiving. So, you know, obviously things change. Um, weather changes, you know, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, but... I would say city homesteading or in, in general, I would say what has happened was there was a big trend where everybody got, oh, this is easy, and they jumped on it and found out that the first year, first and second year, it can be, it not, I'm, not, I'm not belittling anyone when I say it can be easy. It can. To start something is almost it's hard but also it's easier it's the staying power that's harder I mean to actually produce 6,000 pounds off the urban homestead consistently for over 10 years actually you know 30 years um, not 6,000 pounds but producing food off that property and not depleting it not and still you know <laughs> keeping it you know in somewhat good condition because things just run down and I would say some of the people I knew who got into this kind of stopped after a while because it can look good for a while and then things get shabby. I mean, my chicken coop needs to be rebuilt and having, you know, just constant maintenance is one of the hardest things to do. And it's not a glamorous job. You know, it's glamorous to go out there and plant something and turn over your front yard. I would love to do that. I mean, I'm looking at my neighbor's property. I'm like, you know, you really could do something with that. But I also know maintaining it, that's where the real, real, you know, grind comes in. And so I would say, like, the trend with the chickens and the trend with the, you know, growing food in your yard, I'm seeing it kind of fade a little bit, like the luster of it fade a little in terms of, the focus, the media focus, um, and I think it has to do with people, I mean, the realization that maintaining something is probably one of the hardest things to do, and maintaining, you know, a lot of stuff, keeping things alive, <laughs> you know, um, and adjusting, again, I'll go back to the pattern of adjusting to the situations you are in and again that means being flexible and
and the homestead had to be flexible. And that's why I said it changed like every five years. We, we had to be flexible. We couldn't just hit sit on this thing and say, well, we want to do this, and why isn't it working, and why isn't this? I mean, we were providing, you know, great produce to restaurants for many, many years. And then the dot-com boom, bust, and, you know, we had to adjust and had to shift. But we could have just been sitting there and you know, complaining about why don't the restaurants buying from us anymore and why isn't this happening and why is it, we just said, okay, so what do we got to do now? And then we shifted into that focus and, you know, just being fluid and nature is fluid. You, you know, if you watch it, it adjusts, you know, the, the stream jumps the bank and it goes over there and then it comes back and guess what? The trees adjust around it and that, I guess, is why we also can be a little bit, you know, fluid in our lives is constantly adjusting to where the path takes us. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if that really answered your question, but um, I do believe cities are now being built in mind with a little bit more sustainability. And there is a more awareness of the fact we have an impact on the planet. I mean, it's, it's there's a huge awareness in that and you can see it in the changes around town you can see it in wherever you go I mean they have the bikes parked metro bikes parked all throughout Pasadena so that's awesome um, and you know I think people realize things have to be done and uh, as my dad would say you know sometimes we do wait for the government to do it but again it's down to the individual level of doing what you can do Yeah, it's nice to, to see the changes. Um, uh, so many of the changes that are happening these days is kind of, uh, it seems to be a core of who you guys were and how you chose to live mm -hmm. and the importance of nature and mm -hmm. um, its course and stuff. And community. And community. I mean, it is not just growing food, it's growing community and people people are starved for good food and they're starved for connection and I see it and it I don't know if I'm, I'm not saying I'm a like, oh, sensitive soul but I, I see it and I read it in people the, the people are really starved for a connection and you know getting together with people and that's not that's quite not happening still <laughs> it's it's uh, the society's not quite providing that and so we try to do it in some ways and we're not doing it quite as as we should right now but that's just again uh, a little bit of a survival technique and collecting ourselves but um, the goal I would say my personal goal of the homestead is not only to provide food but to provide space and a place and 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 that I don't know. I guess I feel that a little bit more because, you know, it's not just growing veggies. It's growing people and growing connections and like all that kind of cool stuff. Nice. So you are aware of um, cities and, and uh, you know, like you mentioned, the bikes and whatnot. Is there a sense of just your hands in a part of inspiring or influencing that sort of lifestyle around 
um, our land. <laughs> yeah. um, is there a sense of um, hope for the future? Is there a sense of... Um, it, Without like, hope, um, you, yeah, it would not be a good place. So yeah, you always Does it give you hope that you're seeing these sorts of things? And Yeah, I mean, I have to believe in hope. Um, those who know me know I'm kind of a, I wouldn't say pessimistic, but I'm a realist. <laughs> and I, I've joked, I've, I have a sarcastic side to me. And, you know, I jokingly said, we should have a website, willdoom.com. And, you know, I mean, that's just my own sense of humor. But I also know that without hope, it really is no hope. <laughs> and I have, I have to believe, like I said, I have to believe it's going to work out and and um, if you don't okay if you don't believe in hope it's very easy to just lay on your bed and curl up in a ball and go why why try and you have the hope gives you that sense of keep trying you know can make a difference and you know spread the thing and spread good and spread you know, spread it among people because it's very easy to just like, again, that's why I said I try to stay off dinner. It's very easy to read all this stuff and go, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm just going to bed and close it. I'm just like, I give up. You know, I'll give up. But, um, and I mean, I would say that big practice of hope and faith was after going through the, tri the trials of the last, you know, going through all those trials and, uh, very painful things and what got got you going was hope you know just believing in hope <laughs> and because uh, it was not it wasn't easy and uh, I've had to do that throughout my life I wouldn't say it was like the same as your father dying but throughout my life I had to fall back on faith and hope and uh, yeah I mean like the weeks after dad died it was just it was just like pushing yourself to to believe in you know you'll be okay and I, I think I, I saw this YouTube article I mean not YouTube article YouTube video relatively recently it was about I think I posted it to my personal Facebook it was about grief and how you adjust and how it becomes a part of you and actually can propel you to, you know, make, create wonderful things. And I guess that's maybe what I see a little bit. I don't know. Kind of, I'm still kind of in this little bit of a, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> again, I mean, I'll be the first, like, when my friends, how's everything going? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But, okay, I just, I just keep going. And I, I would say... I don't know if it's a mantra, but it's in my head a lot. Choose life. So whatever creates life, I will try to choose. Planting something, nurturing something. Um, for myself, choose life. Choose everything that is life and creates life or sustains life. Um, go towards that. And it's I know it sounds vague, but... I was quite prominently in my head in these sleepless nights after dad died was just like, I was like what do I do? What do I do? And just choose life. Choose to live. Choose 
all that sustains life. And I guess that just keeps going around in my head. So once sometimes when I start to panic and I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just like, okay, what, what, what sustains life in this decision? <laughs> whether it's for yourself, whether it's, in the, you know, for others, you know, you can't give to others and kill yourself, you know, emotionally, mentally. So if this decision gives you life, then choose that life, you know, choose it as life. It's a little bit mm, metaphorical, I'm not quite sure. Maybe it makes sense if I write it down, but I would have to admit that a lot of decisions I made for myself this last year was just like, okay, I'm just going towards life. I'm just going towards life because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, be joy, happy, choose joy, and, and yeah, you choose to be joyful, but if you choose, like, you can't really make I mean, you can make happiness, but in every decision, you can choose something that is life-bringing. And you're not going to be happy all your life. You're not going to be joyful. You're going to go through just tough, tough stuff. And I know that. But, you know, I faced with a lot of death in the last couple of years was life became very real to me um, and I think it's been my experience with animals throughout my life was like when I lost my first pet it was just like I was inconsolable and um, but again you get up you raise baby chickens again and that's choosing life you love a cat you lose a cat by you know there was a cat in my life that died very young it was nothing I did he was born with something and it was very traumatic for me to hold him as he passed and there's a part of yourself that says I can't do this anymore and then you know a new cat comes into your life and then you know what you do you choose to give it life you choose to love it you choose to give it a good life and um, I guess that's also what we've done with the homestead is breathe life into the land you know I I guess I, I want like I said I won't be my mantra, but it's it's quite on my head a lot. It's just make those decisions that choose life, and I have to do it constantly for me on a personal level. Like, you know, I'll get into a couple jobs where I'm like I'll do it for the money or I do a thing, and I'm just like, is this really my life? And you know, and you could suck it up and you can do things that, you know, lead you to where you need to go. And I know some things I've done in terms of like doing like a website job for someone it's like I really don't want to do this but this will help me get to that choosing of the life that I want to get to um that's how I see things <laughs> I don't know <laughs> whatever sounds like a, a, a good mantra actually. yeah it's and in my head a lot and uh that's good so with all of this stuff going on all of these challenges and um, difficult situations how do you see your blessings do you see your blessings it's hard um, I'm, I'm so beyond blessed I, I you know I'm blessed I had a dad I'm blessed that I had a dad that gave me this skills and freedom to actually feel this free knowing that I you know I can make my way um, it's it, I don't probably practice it enough because there's a lot of like uh, 
outside stuff kind of constantly bombarding. Um, but that's why I think that when I say it's going to be okay, it's it's knowing I'm very blessed. We have a lot of blessings, and you know I do count them when I have that quiet moment and can really step away from you know the, <laughs> the constant barrage of stuff <laughs> that sometimes I can't even talk about here on the on the internet on the podcast. Um, so it's quieting your mind. Yeah. And choosing life. And yes, and watching the sky. And I and I think I, I do feel one of the burdens I feel is knowing we are beyond blessed. And I this is, sounds like an oxymoron. I get stressed that I can't share it. <laughs> you know, it's like this is great. Why can't I get this out here and you know share this and because there's a lot that goes into creating stuff and. You know, like, I want to share, you know, part of this place I went to in the desert with, like, this horse rescue, where they rescue these horses that have been abandoned and abused and neglected, and I was watching this child interact with the horse, and, you know, you know these are wonderful interactions, and I, I don't know, I kind of feel drawn to that, and I know we have stuff at our homestead that, you know, can really share with a lot of people and I want to share it and then I get stressed that I can't set up the infrastructure <laughs> infrastructure to get to this to actually share with you so yeah it's kind of a little oxymoron but I mean if I if I was just living for myself I would just have my little farm and my little homestead and you know keep to myself but also again the burden of being like my dad <laughs> is wanting to share it and then that kind of brings its own stresses and um yeah it's it's a kind of a little vicious carousel <laughs> I, it's hard to explain but I mean if I just lived for myself you know I'd go find my little self corner in my little animal kingdom and my truck would be the modern Noah's Ark with animals poking out the back but because the homestead has been an incredible influence and it's been viewed as the turning point in a lot of people's lives there is that burden of having something so amazing and so incredible and the skills that are you know that we have and um I have sat down and talked to people and they just sit there and they're just like you know how much in your head you know people need to hear this I can't get it clear enough to actually share it and and so then you get stressed out about that. And yeah. So I said, it's just a little vicious carousel mm -hmm. of like, oh, I want to share this with people and I want to set this up and I want to, you know, help kids that are at risk and this and that. But then, you know, you can't just do that. You have to, you know, and then you, you can't again. And then you have to take care of yourself, which yeah. you can't give and give if you don't have, you know, the well being refilled. So... Yeah, I don't know if that. So we're sitting here with microphones, mm -hmm. a computer, a mixing board, headphones, all being pretty much handled by you. Um, as you know, we've worked together. You've done mm -hmm. photography for me and video production, and um, you're very talented and very creative. Hmm. 
<laughs> um, oh, the crosses of a creative mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically just what you were talking about. Yes, the crosses of a creative mind. Creative mind. Is there anything in that realm that excites you? Like, are you working on anything right now? At least, um, <laughs> ooh, that's a loaded question. And I think we have a couple minutes left. <laughs> um, we can edit. Yes. Um, I have a ton of ideas related to this field. And I am toying around with some ideas. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get to them. But I would say one of the prominent focuses on my mind is I, I feel like I have to tell the story and I don't know exactly how that's going to happen but um, there's a story to be told and in my father's life in a lot of lives it's in our lives and it really the true like not the true history of the homestead but just like the story of the homestead out, put it out there, you know, not, and I think we had this person write us and said, he appreciates the podcast because it's real, not the polished thing that the media puts out, and I would say, yeah, I guess that's video, Uh, for me, writing has been a thing that's come back, because I used to write, and then I stopped, and now I'm writing again, um, Telling, telling the stories, telling uh, the history, um, whether it's through podcasts or video or through writing or different kinds of media, that's currently on my mind. Um, I would have to say I am drawn to video, video and photography more than coding websites, but again, that's quite not the field that I'm going to get money in on that. <laughs> but, um, Somebody's hungry. Yeah, my kitty's hungry. <laughs> Speaking of cats... Yeah, that's kind of in the mix of the million and one ideas I wake up to every morning. Not sure how that's going to get there, but I don't know. (laughs) This is part two of Jordy's brain. I know there was one that was before, which I don't even recall what I said. (laughs) I just just talked again. I say things and then I kind of just block it out and move on with my life. Um, So I guess, you know, a lot of people actually like these private podcasts that were done individually by each of us and there's so much to say and there's so much to address and as again you know it's not as with the homestead we're not stagnant constantly changing so I think we're at a full hour here and so I will sign off and uh, hope I made sense and um I let us know if you want to hear more of these things and um, whether you want us to continue with like these individual private podcasts where we kind of dump our brains. Um, it could be part three. Um, so that's that. All right. Well, thank Renee for helping me get through this. 
<laughs> and asking me these questions that I could just read from a page, but kind of helps have someone ask you that. Um, yeah, look forward to uh, as we grow and where we're going and what we do from here. So thanks for listening. Send us emails. Keep on watching and keep on growing. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in until next time. This is Annie East, Jordan. Keep on growing. Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.